Welcome to SLP Money, an in-depth conversation for speech, language pathologists, and private practice owners on how to break through to the next level of your career and business. Join your host, Craig Goldslager, a financial advisor and certified exit planner, as he shares strategies and stories that will help you become more financially confident and better invest your time and money. You can learn more and stay up to date at utterlyfinancial.com. Hello, and welcome to another episode of SLP Money, where today's conversation will revolve around a topic that we've been speaking with many private practice owners about over the last several months, and that is increasing the value of their private practice through one of two ways, organic growth or inorganic growth. And while today's conversation will mostly discuss inorganic growth, I did want to spend a few minutes at the beginning talking about the difference between organic and inorganic growth. Organic growth is growing your caseload or growing your revenues and simply growing your business by means in which you can control. So for instance, organic growth might be improving your website or your search engine optimization on your website in order to attract new clients. You might also be running social media advertisements, search ranking experiments, other types of marketing, whether it's referral networks in your community. Organic growth is simply taking control of your caseload and trying to grow it. The opposite side of growth is something called inorganic growth, which another way in the business community is saying through acquisitions and mergers. And we've been contacted by several private practitioners from all over the country who have had some very interesting opportunities in the last several months through the ability to either acquire another private practice or merge with another private practice. And so really what we're going to dive deep on today is to determine whether or not growing your private practice through a merger and or acquisition of another private practice makes sense for you. At the start, I think the most important thing to emphasize on the growth trail is that you should only be looking to acquire or merge with another business if you are already a profitable, well-run business. But if your business is performing really well and has really good margins and really good metrics, acquisitions can supercharge the top line revenue growth of your practice and increase the value of your business. So one of the first places we'll start today is talking about some of the reasons why it might make sense for you to grow your private practice via an acquisition. And so the first reason is simply to become more diversified and enhance the different revenue streams you have within your business. So if you're an existing speech private practice, perhaps you focus on a certain population. In this case, let's just say you focus on the pediatric population, but you realize that as the school year slows down or there might be a decrease in caseload for whatever reason, you can smooth out your revenues and you can have a more consistent income stream if you're able to diversify and service other populations. So perhaps you want to get into the adult population or more specifically into a skilled nursing facility or some other type of population that would allow you to continue increasing revenues or stabilizing revenues if there is a blip within the pediatric population or the population that you serve. What's been really interesting over the last several months is we have seen that many speech private practice owners are starting to diversify revenue streams outside of just speech into other communication science disorders. So for instance, we've been privy to conversations where 
speech private practice owners have started to entertain acquisition and merger conversations with audiologists, occupational therapists, physical therapists, behavioral specialists, combinations of what I just mentioned. And really what we're starting to see is this emergence of multidisciplinary clinics, mainly for the reasons that I said before about diversifying revenue. So that way, in case there's a slowdown in one population, the other population or the other community in which you serve will still have revenues coming in to the business. Similarly, what we see from private practice owners, again, firsthand, is that many clients enjoy going to the same clinic if the client needs to have multiple services done. They like going to a one-stop shop, per se, in order to have all of their services completed. Maybe it's speech and OT. Maybe it's PT and speech. But by being able to go to one clinic and have familiar faces and similar billing experiences and being approved through their insurance for all of these different services is really a huge win. Becoming more diversified, really interesting opportunity to acquire a, either an intra-disciplinary, so a speech practice buying another speech practice, or interdisciplinary, where a speech practice might buy an OT or a PT practice. So similarly, just like becoming diversified is important, you'd also look to acquire another private practice if you're trying to increase market share in your community. With increasing market share, you want to perhaps improve the brand awareness or credibility in your community. So by coming to that one-stop shop for all of the services needing to be provided, it can increase your market share, which can change many dynamics of your business. You, you can change your pricing structure. You can change your hiring structure. You can increase the number of employees you hire. You really gain a lot of growth potential by having an increased market share within your community. Similarly, another reason why business owners look to acquire other businesses is to expand their footprint geographically. So perhaps you are a large player in your local town or municipality, but you want to grow to the other side of the county and you want to build that brand within the entire county or perhaps across the state. By expanding geographically, that gives you another opportunity to increase your market share. And again, maybe you want to grow your private practice from the size that it is to a certain goal. And we've talked in previous episodes about the importance of goal setting and knowing what type of private practice you want to have. So just to go back for a minute, if you are currently satisfied with the revenues that you're producing and growth is not currently in the trajectory and in your pictures, then you shouldn't be looking to acquire another business. Perhaps everything is steady and everything is the way you want it to be. If that's the case, then you shouldn't be looking to acquire another private practice. Another reason why, in addition to becoming more diversified, increasing your market share and expanding geographically is to attain economies of scale within your business. So many of the private practice owners that we speak with have a lot of different expenses, whether it's EHR softwares, assessments, computers, hardware, physical locations like rent. When you have a a lot of costs already being paid for, sometimes you can achieve economies of scale through certain vendors in which the pricing might improve. So for instance, if you're being charged $100 in order to occupy an EHR or access to a certain assessment tool, if you bring on board another private practice through acquisition, you already have the EHR set up. You're already paying the licensing fee. If you're already paying the licensing fee, that's a synergy that you can achieve by acquiring the other business. So a synergy exists between businesses when 
you can acquire the business and reduce the cost. In this case, we're talking about EHR licensing. If you don't have to pay for two EHR licenses and you can get away with one, well, in that savings that you produce by no longer paying EHR license of the business you acquired, that goes right into your bottom line and improves your profitability of the business. So again, if the private practice you acquire is operating in their own clinic space, but you have a few empty rooms or you have the ability to absorb that business and bring on their therapists, well, if you can operate out of your existing rent right now in the location in which you're in, you can cut out the rent expense of the other business along with the utilities and other expenses that go into that other clinic's operations. All of those are cost savings, which are, again, another reason why you would look to acquire another business. The synergy and attaining economies of scale amongst your business and the new business that you just purchased. Another reason why private practice owners like to buy other businesses is it provides enhanced growth opportunities for your existing employees. So maybe right now you're operating a private practice with only a handful of other therapists and you've never had the need to have an official clinical director position, or you thought that you didn't need a, a specific office manager to run the front of your business and deal with the billing coordinator and billing director. Well, by absorbing an additional private practice and bringing on more therapists, you now might need a specific role and designation of an employee to become your clinical director. If that's the case, maybe someone on staff has been clamoring for an opportunity to enter your leadership team or your executive team, but you haven't had urgency or the desire or the need to just because your clinic wasn't that size. But now, again, if you're trying to acquire inorganically through an acquisition, you're going to absorb a lot of caseload, a lot of clients, a lot of new employees, a lot of other things that would require you to expand your leadership team. And if that's the case, there might be a therapist on staff who's looking for that opportunity. So instead of your lead therapist leaving to start her own private practice or going to another clinician on the other side of town that is hiring for a clinical director, well, now you can bring on that role and you can bring it in-house. So if you're looking for an opportunity to grow your existing employees' leadership skills or if they desire to have an enhanced leadership role within your private practice, acquiring another business is a wonderful opportunity to do that. So perhaps one of those reasons resonates with you and you have been thinking about or one of these reasons triggered a thought to say, well, this all sounds great. I do want to accomplish one of those different goals that you just talked about, but how do I do that? How do I find a private practice that's looking to be bought or looking to be acquired? Just like anything, whether it's through organic growth, like I mentioned at the beginning of today's episode, or now focusing on inorganic growth, the more effort that you put in and the more control you take in the process, the more likely you are to succeed. So for instance, we've seen firsthand many clinicians having success by being proactive and just being observant in their communities. So whether that's attending national conferences or statewide conferences or other types of conferences specific to a niche that they might serve, there's chatter amongst all private practice owners about what's working, what's not working. If you keep your ears and eyes open for these opportunities, we are very confident that you will see opportunities of clinicians looking to either sell their business if you're looking to purchase one. So I know many episodes we've talked about selling your business, like the very first episode of this podcast, leaving your private practice is inevitable. Oftentimes clinicians 
as we speak to them are now thinking, well, I want to exit my business and I want to sell my business. Remember, today's purpose is all about growth of your business. If you do desire to grow your business at this stage, there most likely is another clinician either in your town or your county who may be looking to sell her business. And if that's the case, that's knowing who the other clinicians are in your town, in your county, in your state. Because again, whether you go on to a community forum, like a social media page, or you're part of another association that has a listserv or job boards or message boards, I believe you will be pleasantly surprised if you just, again, keep your ears and eyes open about some of these opportunities where people might very explicitly post, hi, I'm looking to sell my business. Does anyone know anyone looking to purchase a business in ABC County in this state? We've seen firsthand, again, many success stories where it starts as a simple social media post or just rubbing elbows in a virtual conference or doing a breakout room in a Zoom session. And all of a sudden, two clinicians start talking and they realize there's so much in common and there's so much synergy. And again, it doesn't have to necessarily be a direct acquisition. So again, the acquisition is when company A purchases company B outright. Sometimes company A and company B can combine, which is called a merger. Maybe you're not looking... Maybe you find a clinician who's not looking to sell her business entirely, but just doesn't want to be the business owner anymore, but still either wants to work for a private practice as a clinical director or just wants to scale back because other things have changed in their lives and they don't have that urgency or the desire to be the private practice owner. So a merger is another opportunity to explore as well, where you might absorb another private practice, but retain that private practice owner's owner in order for her to be your clinical director that you've always wanted. And in turn, that can supercharge your growth. It might allow you to stop doing everything and wearing all the hats in your business, right? We've talked in previous episodes about delegating responsibilities and building a leadership team and building executive management within your private practice. So maybe that's a solution to absorb another private practice, retain a lot of their staff and train them to be part of your executive management team. Typical acquisition targets are either direct competitors or somehow related to your industry. So maybe you have this competitive mindset where another clinician on the other side of town is serving the same population that I do. But again, for some of the reasons we mentioned, perhaps they're burnt out. Perhaps they no longer want to be a private practice owner. Perhaps they are struggling to be profitable. Engaging in dialogue and opening the door and having that conversation is critical to this success because maybe there aren't Facebook forums or that you haven't seen any posts, but you do aspire to grow your business by acquisition. We would encourage you to find some of these local clinicians. Again, it, it might not be a speech therapist that you're looking to absorb. It could be a PT or an OT or an ABA therapist. We've seen a lot of success with speech private practice owners reaching out to some of these other disciplines and merging with these other practices because sometimes we speak to private practice owners and they say to us, well, we, you know, we've always thought about wanting to add PT or OT as a discipline within our private practice, but I don't even know where to begin with that. So what, wouldn't it be wonderful? Or could you imagine a world where there's a physical therapy private practice down the street from you and that private practice owner is struggling and they no longer desire to be a business owner? Perhaps they just want to be the clinical director of PT within a larger practice. All of a sudden, you wanted a, a PT division within your practice. She's looking to sell and work for you as the PT clinical director of your private practice. So all of a sudden, you have this expert in the world of physical therapy looking to work for you grow your business with you, but yet you retain ownership, you are the private practice owner, and you experience all the benefits of the acquisition of this PT private practice. So another one of the common questions that we get from private practice owners when 
they contact our firm to talk about a potential merger or acquisition opportunity is, well, Craig, this is wonderful and all, and everything you're saying makes a lot of sense. And you know what? There is another clinician on the other side of town who I know is looking to sell her business. How can I even approach her or what can what steps can I take to be prepared to actually have this conversation with this private practice owner? At a high level, there's four things that I would advise you to become what we call a prepared buyer and be ready to acquire the business should the opportunity present itself. First is we would encourage you not to go at it alone. There's a lot of complexity. There is a lot of detail that goes into the negotiation and purchase of another business. And to assemble a team of knowledgeable and experienced professionals, so that would include transaction attorneys, financial representatives, utilizing your existing CPA, other professionals that you currently work with, hopefully they have some experience with mergers and acquisitions. And if that's the case, you should lean heavily on them to provide you with the appropriate information to move the deal forward. The second is you're going to want to have financing in place to go through with the acquisition. And so there's many different ways to acquire another business. You could offer cash, literally writing the other business owner a check for the purchase of her business. You could do it through financing. You can get a note from a bank. You could ask the seller of the business to finance the note. You could offer additional forms of compensation to the selling owner, like bringing her on board to be your clinical director. You might even offer her a piece of equity in your business. So the first way I mentioned cash is the way to acquire another business. The other form of financing a deal is through debt or equity within your own private practice. So maybe you give her 5%, 10%, 20% of your business. Now, figuring out what you want is an important objective. Just like when we talk about selling your business, as you acquire business, maybe you don't want to give up any equity and you only want to offer cash as part of the deal. But whatever method you want to use to complete the deal from a financing perspective, you should know that entering the conversation and what you'll be willing to part with as part of the negotiation. The third thing that we would advise in order to be a prepared buyer is have patience and know that there are peaks and valleys to every deal or every merger and acquisition as they go through. Because that dovetails really importantly with the fourth step of being a prepared buyer, which is knowing that a good deal or a good transaction is one in which the buyer and the seller both benefit. So that's where you have to lean very heavily on your experienced professionals to know that sometimes you're going to have to concede on certain warranties or certain parts of the actual deal-making process so for instance, maybe this person wants to receive 100% cash up front and you're looking to extend the payment terms to buy the practice. You want to pay them over a five-year period instead of all the cash at closing. Well, that might increase the purchase price of the business. But if you're able to secure a, a note from a bank and you can finance the deal over a longer period of time, maybe it's worth paying a little bit more so that way it doesn't require so much cash flow up front in order to acquire the business. So when you work with experienced transaction attorneys, CPAs who are familiar with mergers and acquisitions, financial advisors who have worked in this space and know how deals often shake out. They'll guide you down this road so that you don't have to go it alone. And again, you want to lean on those who have experience making transactions close successfully. So I'm going to drill a little bit deeper on one of those steps that I just talked about, about of the four steps to being a prepared buyer. Just talking about the payment of the purchase price. 
Most sellers do prefer to receive 100% of the purchase price in cash at closing, especially in seller's markets. So if you're looking to acquire a business that is performing really well, they can command cash up front. And you might not be the only person looking to acquire them. There might be other clinicians. There might be larger regional firms or even private equity firms, much larger firms looking to acquire these businesses. So if that's the case, you have to have a strong understanding of what the expectation is from the seller in which you're acquiring their business. So thinking about your financial offer and your package and what you're going to offer is really important. So you need to be able to determine what your true financial capabilities are prior to actually entering into the negotiation. So if you're going to acquire someone's business and she says that I need 100% cash upfront, but you know that you don't have those type of assets or you know that you're not gonna be able to secure a note large enough to actually acquire the business, it may not be a good fit for you. Similarly, you should know how much equity you can contribute and how much you're going to borrow against both your company's assets or perhaps even your personal assets if you wanna put those into play. Thinking about the acquisition process, there are financial risks that go into acquiring the business, right? The goal is growth. The, the goal is to grow your business. At the same point, whether you want to put up assets owned by the business or personal assets, perhaps it's investment accounts, retirement accounts, other forms of collateral or assets in which you own, you may need to leverage some of those or use some of those in order to purchase the business. So the missing piece is always how much you will be able to borrow for the proposed acquisition. Depending on what financing is available to you, it might make sense to finance the deal where you don't have to offer cash at closing. You may choose to finance it. And if that's the case, perhaps that's the appropriate way to close the deal. So as we wrap up this important episode today, longtime listeners of the SLP Money Podcast know that I like to leave you with three action items to take right away if you've given any thought about growing your business. And so the first is think long and hard about how you want to grow your business. And as I mentioned at the top of the episode, there are two ways to grow your business, either organically or inorganically. Organically, again, would be growing through direct marketing messaging. So social media advertising, search engine optimization, search engine advertising, referral marketing and referral networking within your community. Inorganic growth would be through the purchase of another private practice, either intradisciplinary, so another speech practice, or interdisciplinary, acquiring a PT, an OT, or an ABA therapist. If you do aspire to grow, it will happen by one of those two ways. So think long and hard about the type of growth that you want to acquire. Second, if you do decide to grow through acquisitions and mergers, think about one of those five different reasons that I mentioned earlier about why it might make sense to grow through acquisition. Do you want to become more diversified? Do you want to become multidisciplinary and hire a PT or an OT? Or even if it's another niche within speech, do you want to serve a secondary population to what you are currently doing? Do you want to increase your market share? Do you want to expand geographically across your town, your county, your state, your region? We've seen firsthand about clinicians acquiring businesses out of state that are looking to grow their regional footprint and trying to really build a large private practice that's grossing seven, almost into eight figures of revenue. If you want to scale and grow into that size, perhaps you've acquired everything or you have control over your entire county and region and you need to expand outside your state. So do you need to expand geographically? Also think about your current employees. Do any of them desire to be 
on your executive team or your leadership team? Have any of them explicitly said to you, Mrs. Private Practice Owner, I really do want to be a clinical director or I do desire to have business ownership someday. Would you ever think about having me on your executive team? And you may be thinking, well, I have no idea. I haven't had these types of conversations with my employees. We would encourage you to ask them very directly and say, have you ever thought about being a business owner? Have you ever thought about expanding your leadership capabilities within our business? And if they say yes, well, that's another way or reason to consider acquiring another business and growing. And then the third action item is, again, being proactive and thinking and looking and researching what's going on in your existing marketplace or within your existing population. We know firsthand that there are many clinicians looking to exit their businesses and sell their businesses, but they have no one to sell them to. So be active in the community and research on social media, research on listservs if you're part of associations. Once the world travels again, attend conferences and talk to other private practice owners and other clinicians. The worst thing that someone can tell you is, no, I'm not looking to sell my business or I'm not looking to do it. But sometimes when you plant a seed, it doesn't come to fruition or it doesn't become something that happens for many years. But at least you've kickstarted the conversation. And that way, when a business owner does look to sell her business, a few years from now, she will have you top of mind or stay in touch with that private practice owner over the course of time in order to build that relationship and perhaps have a merger and acquisition opportunity. As I said at the beginning, I know a lot of the conversations we've had on this podcast takes the seller's perspective and thinks about what will happen if you decide to sell your private practice. But just like everyone has to exit their business at some point, acquiring a business And buying another business is a wonderful opportunity for you to see both sides of the deal-making equation. So that way, at some point when you do look to exit your business or sell your business, you'll have gone through the experience on the other side and you'll see what interested buyers are looking for. You'll see what it takes to make a deal go through and for a deal to process. So we thank you so much for listening to today's episode and we look forward to catching you on the next episode of SLP Money. You've been listening to SLP Money, hosted by Craig Goldslager. Want even more ideas on how to make smart financial decisions? Head on over to the Learning Center at utterlyfinancial.com, where you'll find more information for SLPs and private practice owners. While there, you can also schedule a complimentary 30-minute consultation with Craig. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, which will help more people discover SLP money. Thanks so much for listening. Materials discussed is for general and informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investing advice. While the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations may vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual and professional advice. Craig Goldslager is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, OSJ, 2 South Biscayne Boulevard, Suite 1740, Miami, Florida, 33131, 305-371-6333. Securities, products, and financial services offered through PAS, member FINRA, SIPC, financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Utterly Financial is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian, Craig Goldsliger does not maintain specialized licenses or qualifications for the financial services provided to speech-language pathologists and private practice professionals. California Insurance License 0K78754-2020-0004.
107339, expiration 04-2023.